What's good, everybody? Welcome into Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. You guys already know the vibe. So much to discuss as a lot has happened in the NBA over the past 48 hours. There was a headlock battle in Golden State. We're hearing some trade rumors about a two-time All-Star playing in Chicago right now. Before we get into all of that, oh yeah, and then there was the Wemby versus Chet first regular season game. A lot to discuss, Danny, but before we get into all that, Let's go into the world outside of hoops real quick. We found out this week a couple of things in the world of music, my friend. Huh. Drake uh, and J. Cole going back on tour. We also heard Andre 3000 is releasing a new album, but it's going to be all by the flute. Are you excited yeah. <laughs> for both of these things? Uh, I am a fan of both. All three of these people, but both parts of the topics. Yes. Um, but I don't know. I have not heard the flute played by Andre 3000. I know he makes good music. I'm interested to see how that's going to turn out. I don't know about excited. I'll be excited <laughs> once I hear if it's not just flute and it's him actually rapping on it with the flute, maybe. Um, but the Drake and J. Cole tour, for sure, 100% excited. One of the best songs of the year. Cole, one of the best verses of the decade. Uh, yes, I said it. And decade. Just, yes, that's what I said. And I'm going decade. To oh, I wasn't prepared for this hot take. Uh, you know, yes, one of the best verses of the decade. Uh, just because the stage, it's the final stage, and he came with it. Other people that can match up said Wayne, baby, got some verses. Drake got a couple verses, and Jay on God did. I think is one of the top verses. But yes, this one is one of the best verses of the decade. And uh, damn. I gotta go back. I gotta go back and look. I gotta go back and read the lyrics now. Man, Damn. You don't know the song. Come on. If you don't know, I mean, I know now. the song. I know what you're talking on, about, man. but decade? Come on, man. I mean, I, I gotta said. really gotta break it down. If you're gonna say decade, I really gotta I gotta research I actually, this now. I actually in my friend my other group chats with my friends, I told them it's probably the best verse to date, is what I said. Oh, and see, here you go. There, here you go. Oh, there. come on. Come on, bro. All right. All right. All right. So all give right. me some give me some artists. Give me I some have no, I wasn't prepared for this assignment. I wasn't prepared for this assignment. So uh, I'll let you do your research and come back with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, come, yeah, I'll come, come back, back next it. show. But yeah. yes, it's one of the best verses of the decade. And don't get me back to old school BS with some fucking pocket <laughs> They versus no one's saying wrong with that. Only ones that compare said you can go over. They ain't they ain't to today's rap metaphors, verses, and punches the way these guys are punching. Only people that you can come up with that has the same punches is Drake, Baby, Lil Baby, Wayne, and Jay. And you have to find the same type of final stage where it's top rappers in the same song that comes better than this one. Come some people had Cole and other verses. They had Cole with Yachty. They had Cole with somebody else. I'm like, he went off on those, but that's not the same stage. Y'all talking, all right, regular season or playoffs, early playoffs rounds. This was a final stage. And I want to now say Wayne and Jay had a verse with with Ross on God. What about Eminem? What about Eminem on Jay-Z on Renegade? That is a a final stage. And that's one of the top verses, but it still ain't touching these punchlines. It ain't touching these punches. All right, I'll, I'll come back next week with my homework assignment. I didn't know I didn't For know sure. I had to do all of that, but, but apparently, this is what, so. Back to the tour, though. I am excited yeah. about the tour, but I do hope that the performance is more than them just on stage rapping. You want, so, like, yeah, yeah. No, I no, want no. you want it to be a con. You want a performance. I want it to be yeah. a concert. I want it to be a concert. Yeah. Bring out at least bring out some features. 
bring out some people, have a show, maybe some dancers, some type of, you know. Yeah, don't just rap, make it a show. Yeah. You you already know how I feel about concerts. Drake just did the he just did his concert that way. It's a flex and I enjoyed it. But it's really just him going off hits after hits. It's like, okay, he's just rapping. He had a little bit of storyline, little Peter Pan. He had Virgil. He uh, had the younger version of himself on stage. You want a show? Uh, nah. After, I after going to Usher, you deserve you deserve to see a real show. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference yeah. between a show and a concert. Usher was phenomenal, bro. I got yeah, three hours sure pop blocking to slow dances <laughs> and fast Actually dances. effort, yeah. You actually put in effort, dances, and all that good stuff. You know, yeah. He's put on a show for three hours. And yeah. it's he's working. I can see how he could needs recovery, needs a massage, ice tub. Like he's putting in work. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm still disappointed I haven't seen it yet, but maybe you never know. Time is time is not a uh, time is still on my side. Yeah, for sure. This is his last couple months of residency in Vegas. So he's, I think yeah. he's leaving. So you don't have a lot of time if you're trying to go catch him. I got time. I got time. All right, let's talk about the NBA. Why don't we? And as a matter of fact, maybe we won't talk about the NBA, at least in the beginning of this show, because if you watch the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves last night, it looked more like the WWE than the NBA, at least the first five minutes of the game. There was uh, an altercation, a confrontation, a little kerfuffle between Jaden McDaniels and Clay Thompson. Kerfuffle, huh? Kerfuffle, that's, that's, you know? Put that, that sounds on your like scrabble a, list. That sounds like a made-up word, you know, one of them KG words when, <laughs> yeah. when Paul Pierce is like, is that what you, you called it a little... Not the banner, but he called it something else. I forget what it was. If this was inside the NBA, you know what Shaq would say? What is that? Shaq would say, spell that tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, <laughs> uh actually by the end of the by the end of the block, maybe I'll try and spell it. I think I I think I got it. But anyways, uh, yeah, so there was a little kerfuffle between J.D. McDaniels and Clay Thompson. Uh, and, and at one point, because of that, Rudy Gobert came through and kind of had his arms around Clay Thompson's neck. Not necessarily a, ch uh, a chokehold, but around his neck for a moment. Draymond Green pounced on the opportunity and put Rudy Gobert in a real deal chokehold straight out of the WWE, straight out of the WWF. Lex Luger would be proud. And then Carl <laughs> Anthony Towns tried to double up on it, but Draymond Green, savvy as he is, you know what you do? Put your chin <laughs> in your chest, baby. No, ch no way you could choke lock, choke hold him with your chin in your chest. Veteran move there by Draymond. I'm sure we haven't gotten the news yet, Danny, but I'm sure Draymond's gonna have some type of suspension for how no. long he was applying the chokehold. Give me your reaction to all of the madness that took place in Golden State on Tuesday night. Um, well, there's more than just madness in Golden State, but I, I thought it was hilarious. Just like everybody else, the reaction was the same. Um, you know, I, I was wondering what the first scuffle started with, and then it just finished with Draymond choking out Rudy, which had nothing to do with the start of the scuffle. Um, you know, Clay and McDaniels got ejected because of they thought it was, you know, enough. They kind of escalated a situation that no, neither one of them kind of de-escalated, uh, which I agree. If you're holding the standard, everybody, because I've seen people get kicked out for less. If these guys are tussing and grabbing jerseys and ripping jerseys, then, yes, they should be tossed. Um, I thought it wasn't a lot. I do like the passion in the game. I do like the passion in the game. I wish we'd go back to the game's back in the day where they allowed more because you know, now they're calling technicals for guys dunking the ball and taunting a little bit because they don't want to escalate situations. Um, so I, I'd rather see more of it than less of it. But if they keeping that standard, then yes, you have to let guys, you know, 
well, I guess you have to toss guys for certain situations and let it be known you're making an example of guys that are doing overboard stuff. And so Draymond, I think, was very much overboard, uh, to say the least. And he's going to get a suspension. Now, I don't know how many games. There's some people talking 10. I don't think it's that. that 10 is excessive. Very, 10 is excessive. Very bro. excessive. I, I think, you know, three is just, is fair, maybe five at the most. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, it was funny. It was funny to see. And, you know, the way Draymond pounced on the opportunity, it seemed like he had a history with. Yeah, Rudy he was ready. He, he wanted was unsolved. It. Yeah, he yeah. He needed he needed some closure for whatever happened in the past. <laughs> I will I will say this about the altercation last night, and I know we're not supposed to promote violence, but as an NBA viewer and as somebody who wants to be entertained, damn, last, Tuesday night was entertaining. All of yeah. the beefs, all of the all of the on court animosity. That is what. We want, and I don't know if it was the in-season tournament or not, Danny. But something was different. Something was in the air last night. Full moon, here's man. a list. Here's a list of players or coaches got into who got into in, little interactions last night. Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, Desmond Bain, Jaden McDaniel, Santi Aldama, Taylor Jenkins. Hey, all of them were involved in some type of animosity last night. That's what I signed up for. That's what I want. I love the angle you're going with. That list is probably half the people because it's really Santi and AD scuffle. Now Jenkins got Taylor came to the referee. Tesman came in and stepping, but it wasn't real. D'Angelo pushed out the way, de-escalate situation. The real the real smoke is between him. The real smoke was Jaden and Clay, and then you know Draymond and Rudy. But outside of the other other guys, they're small instances. But yes, I do. Love the fact that the passion in the game was high, the intensity of the game, emotions were high. And I think if you want to get that back, I guess the best way to promote it is people will watch this more if we had more of a hockey style type of league. And not saying we need to let fights go, but we should not kick guys out for one small altercation or scuffle. I think you let the guys play out. Now you're getting a more intense, tense game. Now people want to see what's the reaction on yes. who's going to hold their head, who's going to be mental. Let me see Clay. Let me watch Jaden. See how he reacts. You know what I'm saying? Let me see Rudy and, and well, Draymond too much. He had to get out. We'll see how these guys react now, how to, how tough they're going to play each other. Who's going to talk trash? Who's going to back down? Who's going to fold? Uh, you know, so I think that type of intensity, that type of emotion, I, I miss watching the game. Because back in the day, they used to never get kicked out. They used to have fist fights, clothesline guys, have hard fouls and still be in the game. And then that would make the game even more intense. And, and the viewers want to watch it even more because we want to see what happens next. Um, so yeah, I think we need to go more in that direction and kind of pitch that to Adam and let him know, look, man, stop kicking guys out, keep them in the game. Yeah, you can put a penalty box, (laughs) make a little penalty (laughs) box, maybe you got to sit out for five minutes. But I need to cool off, yeah, maybe maybe mandatory. You got to go to the bench after altercation, but you don't necessarily got to get kicked out the game. A two minute, two minute, you know, penalty box or something. You say you got to be subbed out two minutes, but now we need them back on the floor because I need to see how they handle this and how they get back. So, yeah. yeah, no, that's uh, hey, listen. Uh, I just saw a clip the other day. LeBron, it was an old clip, it was the Lakers versus the Grizzlies, and, and Desmond Bain was talking trash. And LeBron was talking about how he was fed up with it. And mm-hmm. then, like, plays later, came back and dunked it on Jaron Jackson. I'm yeah. like, that's 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 why we want dudes in the game. That's what because we see. We, that's what we want to see. There's no fights, no real, it's the, no real fights is gonna happen, nah. Adam. No, it's no, like, no, let a play. Half the guys in our league aren't fighters. More than half aren't fighters. 
But I guess you could just find them and keep it moving if you want to keep the small fine so that you can kind of not promote it as much. But I think yeah. it's great for the league. I think it's for entertainment. I think it's great for TV. So, And I want to see more competitiveness because we have today now too many guys being buddy-buddy and friendly, friendly, which is not an issue. But I know a lot of fans are not happy. Are not, not, not as, happy with it. They're not as they're not as fond of it. They don't like yeah. the buddy, but especially the old school players. And said so some of the old school guys, they knew each other and were friends, but on the court, they were trying to take each other's head off. You know, that's the competitive nature of what was back in the day. And I miss that part of the game, and I would love to see it come back full circle. Yeah, I got a I got a a player I want to talk about too. That was in looked a little bit too buddy buddy for me Tuesday night. But uh, let's continue this uh so, continue with this topic. Uh, okay. So Draymond Green, you know, puts Rudy Gobert in the chokehold. I'm sure if uh, you're on the Timberwolves, you hate Draymond Green right now. If you're on the Warriors, especially if Draymond doesn't Green doesn't get suspended too many games, you're like, hey, mm-hmm. that's my road, that's my road dog right there. It leads uh, me. Yeah, maybe not all that. Okay, but anyways. He's on a fine line right now. Um, yeah, he's on I a think fine he, line. On both sides. I think on both sides, obviously the Warriors respect him and they appreciate what he brings and does for them night in, night out. He is at that thin boundary line right now where, you know, before it was he was doing, he was bringing more good than bad. And you live with the BS and the fines and the technicals because of what he brought to the floor. Now it's so early in the season. He's getting a little older now. He hasn't been able to play enough games to be able to see or show the results of his positives yet. So mm. he's got to be careful, man, to where hopefully he's already starting off the year, coming back from injury with getting kicked out. I don't want to say back. Multiple, back multiple games. Multiple, multiple games, games now. And you don't want your teammates to be, you know, they're the ones that have your back more than anybody besides the fans and the media. So you don't want them to start. Uh, he's got Draymond, man. Every time we turn, you know, you don't want them getting fed up. So he's on a fine line, man, where he needs to kind of be careful. Yeah. All right. With that being said, I think it's an appropriate time to name your all hate them as an opponent, love mm-hmm. them as a teammate starting lineup. So For just sure. to give you guys an example, I know Danny has talked about him earlier this year on the show. Uh, Pat Bev. Yeah. You said before cool. we might have not gotten along with him. Can but I get as soon my as you're on his team, do, you can I do my right, list? Go ahead. Do your list. Do your list. list. I was just I trying to explain the, to the to the audience. To the fans. I know yeah. I know I know how it is, and I'll break it down to the audience. These are guys that are annoying as hell. Another team that are gnats that get under your skin, probably have some dirty plays here and there, get edgy, but you want them on your team because they're gonna compete night in, night out. They're gonna give you their all. And off the court and in the locker room, they're just laid back, great teammate guys. And yes, Pat Bev, one of those guys in there. Great teammate, great locker room guy. On the court, he's a gnat, he's a pain in the ass, but that's what he does. He gets under your skin and it helps elevate his game and it kind of takes away from other. He knows what he's doing. Mental games, messing with you, and he's effective. Dylan Brooks, another guy. Great off the court guy, great teammate. Um, Pain in the ass people see as a dirty player, but he's just edgy. Both of those guys are very edgy. Um, I'm going to go with Draymond. He's going to be on there as well. Uh, okay. I, that's, I never your had him as a center. that's your power forward or your center, however you want to yeah. play it. Never had him as a teammate, but I'm going to have him as the power forward probably. And, you know, he, he obviously speaks for itself what Draymond does. Yeah. He's going to be already, great yeah, defensively. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen what he's done offensively. We've seen what he's done uh, antics-wise <laughs> and what kind of energy he's brought. Um, at your point guard, I'm going to go Chris Paul. Uh, okay. You know, people, oh, Oh, people talk about. I could imagine. Know. Oh, I would. Im- <laughs> I, could. I could imagine how hard it is to play against him. 
it's a pain in the ass playing against him. He does little tricks offensively where he might foul you on offense and get you a foul on defense. Um, you know, there's a couple plays that show like how, you know, they say he's one of the dirtiest guys. I'm like, he plays hard, man. He competes, but I'm sure you'd love to have him on your team. So you got CP at the one. Pat Bev at the two, Dylan at the three, Draymond at the four, and at the five, uh, center. I'm trying to think of a center who's a menace. There's not many men that that do. Uh, crazy centers are built stuff. differently nowadays. They are, and I'm probably gonna have to go between either Stephen Adams or Joel Embiid, and those two and guys. I, and I think those guys are still kind of liked still, too much. Yes, yes. I don't think Joel. I think Joel is more or less liked than the Steven the Stephen Adams and the Jokic's. Yeah, um, that's true. He, Joel does, does embrace has, the hate. He embraces he the hate. Likes the to hate, troll. He, he does have some chippy plays, and he does mess with the crowd and talk trash. So I'm gonna have to go with Joel at the five, probably. Um, I can't okay. think of anybody else offhand that could be a, a menace at the five, or even Smalls. There's definitely some bench guys that I can think of that are you guys. You're like, oh, this guy's a pain in the ass to play, uh, but he's great to have as a teammate. Um, and I think Russ is one of those guys. Um, oh yeah, Russell Westbrook. Chippy, hard edge, going at your head, and he's trying to trying to take your head off. But he he is a competitive guy and, and like trying to kill on the court. But from what I hear, he's one of the greatest teammates. You know, I've never had him as a teammate, but I hear he's one of the greatest teammates. Does things the right way, but um, you know, very edgy and there's no friends on the court. He is trying to just kill everything moving out there. So yeah, he's one of the guys that I would I would say is in, in the top five hate playing against love to be on your team type of guy yeah could definitely see that one as well uh we got to get to the pick and roll in the next segment but real quick uh let's talk about a report that was i think first broken by sham sharania on tuesday uh zach levine uh apparently is on the trading block his him and his representation open to a trade and apparently now the chicago bulls themselves open to trading him he's on the second year of a five-year deal uh, and Shams reported that there are three teams mainly interested in Zach Levine. That would be the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, as well as the Philadelphia 76ers. Looking at those three teams, Danny, can you say if any of them make a bunch of sense to you? Obviously, we don't know what the trade package going out would be. We could take make some assumptions. But let's just say if you were to rank. If you were to rank where Zach Levine would fit the best out of those three teams, Philadelphia, Miami, and L.A., where would you? Where, how would you rank them? I would probably say Philly first, Miami second, then L.A. third. Um, Philly because they already have the superstars and foundation positions at the point guard spot and at the big man spot. That leaves an all-star or star spot on the wings. You do have Tobias Harris at the four. Um, Zach is a two-three combo, so – He's a good fit there more than the other two teams. Miami, I think they have great wings. Said so you'd have to get rid of Tyler Hero, but you already have Tyler Hero there. Um, you know, but assuming you're keeping Tyler Hero and Jimmy, so you already have wings that that can that handle the ball, shoot well, and the offense is based around them. I think Miami more so needs a, another steady point guard. Kyle Lowry is great. He, he's good at what he does. He's been doing it for decades. Um, but I think you need another backup or another guy that's a star at the point guard position. And I would love to see him have a well. pace, a pacey point guard. Well, Somebody who can speed up their offense. For sure. That's what I think they need more than a wing or another superstar wing guy or shooter because they already have Tyler Hero and Jimmy. Um, mm. Lakers, I think, make the least sense because they have good chemistry. And so 
it doesn't make sense for because Sixers are rolling and Lakers have a lot of people for to have back from last year. And I don't think they need anybody to take more away from. It depends on who goes out. But I think they have a good feel, good system, good chemistry with the guys they brought back from last year with Rui, Austin Reeves, D'Lo. And then, of course, you got Bron and AD. You got Vanderbilt, Torian Prince there. Uh, you got a couple of good pieces there, role players. I don't. I think if you throw a third star in there, I think it makes it a little janky, taking away uh, some of the opportunity from AD and Bron with handling the ball. It depends on who goes out and who doesn't go out. And I think it could be a messy situation and end up being in a Clippers scenario where there's stars on the court that don't know how to share the, the ball as, or share rhythm. It's harder for Clippers guys to get rhythm because it's four stars and they're used to having the ball in their hands all the time. Zach is a guy that's used to having the ball in his hands, so is Bron and so is AD. And if those other guys are there like D'Lo or somebody else, it'd be tough. But um, I think it most, makes the most sense in Philly, but I still do think that they're playing so well. I don't know if you want to yeah, mess with that. I, 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 yeah, I just – I don't see it for Philly, bro. I just – I don't want to put – I don't want to have a Maxi Levine backcourt, right? And uh, if it's not yeah. the, if you're starting Melton, then then wait, wait, he's at the three. He's not cut. He's not getting traded. He's not coming off the bench. You know, sure, I, I doubt that. Yeah. So yeah, now he's so starting at the three. Then small, who's small guarding Jason? Who's guarding Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? I agree. I'm not. A, I said it's today's NBA. They go smaller. I'm not a big fan. I'm a fan of small ball, but not that small in the front court. A lot of guys do two small guards. I think it's hard to play that way. I'm more of a fan of one small guard and two bigger guards on the wing for defensive reasons and rebounding reasons. Um, so, yeah, if you have – not saying Zach is a small guard, but he's not playing like he's a bigger defensive guard where he's going to rebound a lot. Um, but you have him, Melt, and Zach at the one, two, three, and then Tobias at the four, and then Joel at the five. You have Kelly coming off the bench. Um, you still be very good, but I think it makes you small in your front court for sure. Yeah. Your backcourt your back your back is very small. Yeah. I, Tough I, to guard the Boston's. The, the the Milwaukee's it's, it's tougher to guard the teams that have bigger wings. The Knicks and the Philadelphia 76ers are two teams with a lot of trade capital. Yeah. Don't waste it. That's my opinion. <laughs> don't 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 waste it. I don't Zach Levine is a fine player. He's not the one to empty the cupboard the cupboard for, in my humble opinion. With that being said, uh producer Jed. Can you look up kerfuffle for me? I'm going to spell it, and then we're going to go to break. <laughs> you ready? Jed, just give me the thumbs up on the uh, on the group chat so I know we're good. Kerfuffle. Here we go. I don't know the def I don't know the proper definition, but I believe it means to have an altercation, probably physical altercation. Kerfuffle. K e r f L U F F L E. Spell that Kerf again. K. See y'all, y'all killing me. K E K E R F L U L L E. Kerfuffle. Close, but no. There's no L. What was it? F U F L E. So yes, uh, promotion disorder, agitation. Yeah, ruffle or disarranged, it. putting disorder, disarray, kerfuffle. There you go, guys. All right. So for all of the audience members out there, next time you, uh, next time you're out there with your friends and you want to show how vast your vocabulary is, you want to put something into your vernacular, kerfuffle. It's the word of the day. 
We'll be back with the pick and roll in just a moment. With Inside the Green Room, you guys know the vibes and you know what time it is. Pick and roll. Let's talk about everything we saw in the NBA of recent Tuesday night battle of the favorites to win Rookie of the Year. Victor Webinyama, Chet Holgren, Danny, it disappointed. Neither of these mm-hmm. dudes guarded each other. Neither of them scored in double digits. I'm sorry. It wasn't what it was supposed to be. The best nah. person on that court, the one that I liked watching, Shea Gilgis Alexander. The kid has an absolute, excuse me, the man. That's an absolute yeah. bag. He can yeah. go to work. Deep. Yeah, deep big bag. bag, big with, bag. With that being said, it made me think of some one-on-one matchups that I would like to see. Matchups that would make me take money out of my pockets so I could sit courtside and watch them hoop. Number one, the best one for me, and I don't even think it's close, is Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. Uh, do you have any for matchups sure. that you would take money out of your pockets and pay to see? Yeah, I said it's hard to find today's NBA guys that actually go at each other and guard each other on both ends of the floor. I do like Luka when he plays against the Clippers. It's always a fun matchup when he's playing against Kawhi or PG, but he does not guard them with the other end, so it's tough to say. Ooh, Um, give me a Luka-Devin Booker. Yeah, I like the Suns matchup, too. I don't know if Luka will guard Booker on that side, but this year he has to guard him or Brad. Maybe he'll probably guard a wing. He's got to Uh, guard somebody. they're going to put them on a Kogi. But so, yeah, it's hard to say when say today's NBA guys don't match up against each other or on each other on both ends of the floor. Like if Steph and Dame were to play each other, you're, they're you're not going to see them other. offensively. They're not, they're not guarding each other. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of matchups that I would love to see. But it's a smart, per, smart coaches are going to allow their superstars to rest on defense and not, and not have them play both ends of the floor, uh, especially when they're a little bit older and is a little bit younger. And he is very good at playing both sides of the floor. And I think he loves taking on that challenge. So I would love to see him match up with one of today's young superstars. Give me an Ant Devin Booker. I think that'd be I think that'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that I don't know if Devin would argue if I put a coach, they probably put Okogi on him, but give me an Ant Devin Booker. I would like that one a lot. On For the sure. Wings. A lot of people are forgetting, though. You're forgetting about one other guy that is always fun to watch and he hasn't been playing for a while because he's suspended. And that's a Ja, ja Morant. Um, love Ooh, to see him about. when he plays. He's not guarding anybody either. He's not guarding anybody either. They're not, they're not, they're not Nobody's got a nobody, Danny. That's, what, that's the point. For sure. When he has the matchups against certain teams, certain players, I like seeing Ja when he plays against Steph or said or Dame, or even when he's playing against him and Edwards, when they're going head-to-head, they're putting up good numbers. You know, they grew up playing with each other. They know each other well. Um, it's a fun game to watch when it's, you know, those guys, you know, raising their game to a, to another level. Yeah, they just not guarding anybody. All right, let's roll yeah. to the next topic. Uh, Lou Williams, former uh, Raptor, former Clipper, uh, played a number of places. Former Atlanta Hawk, uh, based uh, has said in a recent interview that the Clippers, when they were in the bubble, kind of let their foot Ooh. off the gas because he believed, or they believed, as a team that people wouldn't respect the title coming out of the bubble. So they let their foot off the gas. And that's part of the reason, if not the reason, why they didn't end up winning the championship that obviously you won as a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. Two things, Danny. One, is that cap or nah? (laughs) Um, I spoke to Lou today. And I think people took, yeah, this morning we had a great talk on FanDuel TV on Run It Back. So Run It Back posted some of the clips. 
But we had a great talk. Rudy Gay was on as well. Michelle Beadle, she was always great. Big Spurs fan. Uh, so we had a great conversation about it. And he's getting a lot of heat for it. And I think what he meant was is that his team wasn't fully committed. They weren't fully committed to the bubble. And I agree with him. I don't know if they took their foot off the gas was the right way to say it or the right way to put it because they were up 3-1 and they did, of course, want to win. But to start of the bubble, they didn't have guys in. Guys came in late. So you could see guys were in and out. And you could tell that they weren't as committed. And, and he agreed. And it's hard to get, get to the, the two teams that were fully committed was us in Miami. In Miami, they weren't a top seed, and that's the reason why they were one of the last teams standing, and they were in the finals because they were fully all about it. They were together. They came together came together during that time, and other teams said some did. Denver played well. Utah had a good run. Um, a couple teams played well. I think it was no, it was Denver. They had down 3-1 twice and came back and won. Um, but, yeah, I give credit to some of those teams. Some teams, they were just younger. They're still coming together. But, uh, yeah, you could tell who was not committed, and he he's not wrong. You know, they once the bubble happened, it's hard to get everybody there. And once they got there, they were just kind of in and out and iffy, and some guys got out of shape, and some guys left, and they just they just weren't about it. So, All right, Danny, uh, real quick, rank your NBA titles. The, oh, rank the championships that you've won in the, in the order of difficulty. Number one being the hardest, number four, being the least hard and that so that would be the spurs in 2013 2014 that'd be the raptors in 2018 yeah. 2019 lakers in 2019 2020 and unc national championship in 2009 yeah we're gonna put the college one in there too okay yeah of course yeah oh uh, that's tough man because i mean i always say nba is harder because it's hard to beat a team four times but if you're the better team you're gonna win in ncaa you have to have a lot more luck because any given night, you could have a terrible night and be going home. You could still be the better team. We had a really good team. We ran through the tournament. We won most games by 20. So that's probably going to be on the back end. Number one okay. hardest was the bubble. Bubble was number one the hardest, for sure. Number two, I'm going to say Toronto. And then I'm going to go with, with the San Antonio one because we had just a really good team. I wouldn't say we ran through the rest. We had one seven-game series. Uh, against Dallas the first round after that, we beat everybody pretty handedly. And we were familiar with the Miami team that we beat pretty handedly in the finals. It was the sweetest one because we had just lost in the year before, mm -hmm. but it wasn't the hardest one. It, it was the first one. It's like your firstborn, so it's really special. Toronto, we we had a team, but we're the underdogs. We, Golden State had KD at the time. We wasn't supposed to win that series, even with him being out. Down 0-2. Had to go to overtime to win game three versus Milwaukee at home. And it went seven games with Philly. And we had to win a buzzer beater shot to, before going into overtime. We had to have, throw up a prayer. Was, shouldn't say a prayer because Kawhi works on that shot and he's very good at it. But we had to throw up a prayer to, to fuck, win that <laughs> series to go to the next round. Down 0-2 against Milwaukee and then playing a very good Golden State team. Even without KD, he got hurt first game. Um, they still won, I believe, the game that he got hurt. And then even Clay got hurt. They still, you know, he still won game. He took us to six games. So, yeah, that one and the bubble, though, just mentally, emotionally, even though we won and beat most teams pretty easily, it, it just was the toughest one mentally and emotionally, like just the atmosphere and going through it and being away from your family for two months, being away from your friends, not having an outside world. Uh, no matter how nice they made it, it just was an enclosure. Mm. And uh, it, was just, it was just a lot on being a human and, and you know, taking that all in. But, uh, yeah, yeah. L.A. won, and then 
San Antonio three and NCAA four because we just I think we have one of the best history, one of the best tournament runs in history of NCAA. I think we do in terms of winning because I don't think we have we had one close game to LSU, um, and I think we still won that game by like thirteen. Mm, yeah, no. Uh, well, an underrated factor as well when it comes to the bubble too, outside of how different, how the challenge of being kind of locked, landlocked, and all that stuff. There is no crowd. And yeah. a crowd, a crowd, even when you're Changes on the road, or even when you're on the road, a crowd can help you because it can yes. motivate you. Can you want to shut the crowd up? Or just the some energy guys, of the crowd. For sure. And I tell attest some guys are just crowd play, like they they play with the they're just better when there's a crowd. They better put on a show, they're just better. Some guys are just not the same guy when there's nobody around, when it's just mm-hmm. practice. And I think some guys feed off that energy and they need that energy. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Real quick before we go to break. Uh, okay. So the, also on Tuesday night, the Clippers lost again. They have that one a game in the James Harden era. This time they, they played lost Denver, the Denver though. Sh- shocker. Uh, they're yeah. really, Denver's yeah. really good. They, they, they fought though. They made it a game. It was a really close game. It was a good game. Um, uh, but it's the Denver but, but on the, on the, re- on the record book, they don't put really good loss. They just put yeah. win. Another L. Owen six is James Harden's become a member of the team. Uh, the Grizzlies also lost on Tuesday night as well to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, and and I and I believe right now, if you look at one of the, the group that Denver is in, the team that is right behind them actually in this in season tournament are the Houston Rockets, who are on a six game winning streak and are back in action this weekend. They take a tour around LA or around California, rather yet this weekend, they play the Lakers Clippers and golden state. My question to you, Danny, who has the better records by the end of the season, Rank Those teams, one to three Houston Rockets, Memphis Grizzlies, LA Clippers. Ooh, I think the Rockets are going to have the better record than both of those other two teams. I'm gonna put Clip, Clippers. Uh, I mean, a lot of Say things that can change. Again? A lot Say of things can change. A lot of things. Between, can change. I'm, gonna ask, now, I'm gonna ask the question one more the time. The Clippers. The Clippers. Who has need the, the mix best? Up shake. Who has the? I mean, we just make sure I say it one more time. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe I said something. Me- maybe no, I no, no. I heard you right. Memphis is last. Houston is gonna have the better record. It's gonna be Clippers. Houston. I think Houston edges them off by a little bit. Just have they have better chemistry. Unless Clippers shake some up and they make some another trade and get some new pieces where they actually have some role players to help them, it's going to be a struggle all year. And they're a target. They're a target because they have this all those stars on the team. Everybody wants to beat them. Everybody wants to make an example out of them. And they're still trying to find the rhythm. They didn't have a training camp with James. They didn't have any practices with him. And they have four superstars, four top 75 guys that damn near I don't know PG was in there or not, but they have a lot of Hall of Famers there. That need the ball in the hands of a lot, and it's hard to win games. Hard to be effective. Hard for them to be efficient when they have to split the time with sharing the basketball. Hey, you're the one who played in the NBA, not me. I know that was. I mean, give me your, hey, give me your. Hey, I, you're hey, asking. No, no, you have an opinion I, too. I, I understand Frank, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies obviously be the last one. Now, okay. I like what the Rockets got going on. I especially like how Sengun and Fred Van Fleet are kind Sengun of working is- as. Going working crazy. as dual, yeah, good. dual playmakers. They're averaging fourteen combined assists together. Um, they're playing, the yeah, they're playing really well. With that being said, I can't, I can't, I can't. I just feel it feels nasty to do it, but may, but maybe, maybe even you, Ime Udoka got something going on out there in Houston. If they end up having a better record, 
than the than the LA Clippers. That would be nuts. Absolutely. But hey, you never know. Stay going. They're, they're balling, man. They got the young guys hooping, man. Listen, Ime's got Fred and Stegun playing well, and they got Dylan playing good defense and also shooting efficiently. He's taking the right shots. He's not shooting a bunch of shots that are, you know, he's playing within himself and within his game. So are everybody there. And Ime's going to make sure guys play within themselves. And they, they have some good energy there. Clippers are still trying to find that their juju. Like They don't have the energy yet. They have to need to pick me up. Going on six, that brings, they got to find some positivity somewhere. And I, I don't. I see them turning around, but I see it turning around too late. Uh, and I think they're gonna be neck and neck. You're something wrong. I don't think it's gonna be a fair. I think Houston might have maybe one or two games, like two or three games on them, winning wise. But you know, Memphis is tough. They have, they have to another 15 more games before Jobs comes back. Is and Brent, Brandon Clark and Stephen Adams are gone. You talked about the basketball guys last year. The basketball yeah. guys have cursed the Memphis Grizzlies, or maybe they just cursed themselves. So yeah, there's no debate about where the Grizzlies are gonna land. That Rockets Lake Clippers one. That that's gonna be a fun watch for the rest of the season. We'll be back after the break, y'all. One more uh one more segment before we take it home. Welcome back to Inside the Green Room. Harrison Sanford and Danny Green. You know, I'm disappointed, Danny. We got a, a busy day for your boy. Uh, I'm heading over to MSG Networks after this show. Uh, and as you know, big I'm doing, time, I, do that big time. I do that show at, on Stadium Network as well. So it's a busy day. I, I'm not going to be able to do my rant about dating and feminism, but I'll oh, save man. it for next week. I'm sure you're going to. Yeah, we need that. We need I that. Just, I just went through a whole birthday weekend, um, not mine, celebrating somebody, else, somebody else's. else's birth. And and I, and I got a rant I got to get off my chest. We'll save <laughs> okay. it for next week. With that being said, I think it's only appropriate um, to talk about what has recently, what happened last weekend as well, and not in the dating world, in the basketball world. Uh, your former mm-hmm. teammate, Kelly Oubre, uh, was a pedestrian hit hit by a, a vehicle Saturday, yeah, I believe it was, a hit and run, unfortunately, in downtown Philadelphia. Uh, your thoughts on the whole situation and, and anything that you would want uh, to to say about everything that took place? Yeah, I texted him to check on him. He was all right once I heard the news and saw it. It's crazy. You know, Philly's a little wild. He's center city. I think he was in the middle of the city, downtown, basically. And uh, somebody hit and run. And I heard he something with his lung, fractured a rib. Uh, but could be back as soon collapsed as four lungs, to five weeks. Collapsed lung, fractured rib. And I think Nick Nurse said Tuesday night that he did show up to the facility and got on a bike, I believe. Yeah, he rode the bike. Uh, so, yeah, he seems to be doing okay spiritually, me- mentally, and emotionally. Uh, physically, he's just not ready yet. So it's going to take him a couple of weeks. But uh, you got to be you gotta be very careful in these streets of Philadelphia. I mean, you just never know who's driving around, if they're under the influence or not. I don't know if they, they saw who he was or knew he was. I doubt they did. They probably wouldn't have done that. Maybe they didn't see him, but there's a there's a lot of commotion in the middle of the city, and you got to be very very careful. So, yeah, I hope he gets back soon because they they're gonna need him. And you know, he's a he's a great kid, good player, really good player. I shouldn't say kid, grown man. He's a great man, he's a good person, and uh, you know, I wish him the best and wish him well. So, you know, hopefully we'll see him on the court soon. Yeah, I, I think I was talking. I was talking to somebody not too long ago about Kelly Oubre and about how shocked I was. And you and I talked about this during the during the offseason, how shocked we were that he wasn't off the market yet. 
And for him to have yeah. come to Philadelphia and play at the level that he did for a franchise that's trying to win and something that he talked about uh, during his early media availabilities, just being happy to being in a situation where the fan base is hoping to win, wants to win desperately, was definitely something that he hadn't experienced so far in his NBA career. And he was playing like it. Um, playing very so, well. You know, yeah, best wishes to him. And uh, hopefully he'll he'll be back on the court very soon. When we come back next week, who knows what we'll talk about. But best believe I got to get this rant off my chest. I got to. I Let's gots not to. forget about it. We won't forget about it. No, we won't. We won't. And uh, next week you'll have the you'll have the Scrabble word of the show. Hmm. Whatever it is. Kerfuffle. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. See you next time. Deuces.